How's it going? Not, I mean, not badly. I did just notice that uh, you don't care about basketball, if I remember correctly. I I I know the rules basically. Yeah. Like I know, you know, the baskets and there's a ball and there's <laughs> players. And I know a few things like so a few things about it I find kind of fascinating because they're just so different than the actual sport, which is hockey. Oh, um, right, right, right. Of course. But uh I don't know like the teams and the and the the season structure, like uh, and any of that kind of stuff it's more about basketball at the high level that I'm I don't think you need to know any of that stuff to, to understand that when I tell you that I just learned that uh, the team that I root for uh, which is the Portland Trailblazers uh, lost their game today as we're recording to the Milwaukee Bucks 143 to 100 that's a pretty big gap that's a large gap like you don't need to understand anything except to know that 143 is a lot bigger than 100 yeah, I mean, I, I mean, my context is hockey, and forty-three, you know, points behind would be pretty bad. Like, you know, that's like dissolve the team. Yeah, like I don't think there's ever been a game in in uh in the NHL where someone won by forty-three goals. There's a lot of those records that were like in the thirties or the forties, and like you know, the there, there was one Montreal Canadiens team that was just so big that they completely wiped the floor with like some team that has been since disbanded, you know, uh, and uh, and then a lot of those records will just never be caught up with because yeah. So a quick search suggests that the uh, most goals uh, by a single team in a hockey game was sixteen when the Montreal Canadiens defeated the Quebec Bulldogs, who no longer exist. 16 to 3 in 1920. And the Quebec Bulldogs promptly folded the team. I mean, it, I, I would. Fired all the staff. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a fun fact that uh, Google News really, really, really wants to show me facts about the Toronto Raptors. Okay. It just can't stop. Now I can't get it to stop. So have you, have you used Google News before? Uh, No. I mean, what, is that the app or just like looking at Google? Oh, there's an app as well. But if you go to like news.google.com, you'll get this basically news front page that tries to aggregate news sources from around. Oh, yeah. This is awful. Well, it has. You use this? Uh, Well, not as much as I used to because it used to be that I was able to kind of teach it like, hey, I care about these things because the problem is that. I care about news about very specific things, and I care occasionally about news when it's so important that everybody needs to know it. Um, but there's certain categories of news that I never care about. Like, I never care about this, like, uh, type of typical nightly news, like TV news thing of, like, man was killed in Salmon Arm, B.C. by, you know, a relative. And it's like, okay, well, that sucks. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is there like a specific reason that you chose Salmon Arm BC for that? Because uh, it's far enough away from here that I don't care about it, but it's close enough to here that it would be on the nightly news. That's just really random because uh, a coworker of mine was killed in Salmon Arm BC. No, is from Salmon Arm BC. And uh, like in the last week, told me about a murder in salmon no it's yes, like a very famous murder in salmon arm bc really yes maybe that's in my brain somewhere do you know about the love triangle murder in salmon arm bc no Does that ring a bell that doesn't sound familiar oh god it's a it's a crazy story that i will recount just the very high level details from uh from memory but basically uh a i believe there was a 17 year old girl who was dating a 
like 16 or 17 year old guy and also dating like a 20 something year old guy. And she apparently uh, convinced the younger man she was dating to uh, murder the older man that she was dating. And uh, he did. And then they didn't know who did it for a really, really long time. And then they did some kind of like sting operation. It sounds very like if it was in the U.S., it sounds like it would be illegal. But they like pretended to be the mafia and like told her like once they kind of figured out that she was probably involved, they pretended to be the mafia and like told her they knew about it. And that like I don't know if there's a lot of mafia in Sam and RBC. But anyway, they told her like you need to, you, we can help you like solve this problem if you tell us the details. And so she did. And then they were like, haha, we're actually the police. You're under arrest. And then uh, he went to jail. She went to jail for life. And he went to jail for a very, very long time. That is much more interesting than the typical headline I get from 7RBC, which is more <laughs> just like, hey, it's rare when someone dies or is hurt. So uh, we show it to you because it's rare, yeah. but you're not going to make any decisions about this random thing that comes up. And this is, you know, and also just things that are scary or like things that make people worried are more likely to get this coverage, right? Right. They're so, selling fear. As a side thing, I've added to my my list the differences in between what police and uh, lawyers are allowed to do and like prosecutors are allowed to do in Canada versus the United States because it's actually kind of a problem because of most Canadians see U.S. media or listen to serial and then they come in like, you didn't read me my Miranda rights. It's like, yeah, there's no, there's no, the Supreme Court of U.S.'s Miranda decision does not apply in Canada, but thanks for asking. That doesn't just happen in Canada. Apparently that happens like worldwide basically because of law and order. Right. <laughs> Way to go, Dick Wolf. Exactly. There's a lot of a lot of spinoffs of that show. Yes. It's just like a continuous sausage factory. Um, okay. No, it's like the machine that you spin around and they put the sausage links come out. It's like Oh, that. okay. I get they have you. that for different parts of law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just put all this stuff together, mix it up. No one really, you don't want to know how it's made. And then the show comes out. Yeah, exactly. Law and order, divorce court. And uh but it is it is really crazy that you picked Sam and Arm because I mean I uh you know as we know from all the episodes of the show so far all the many episodes you are you live in Vancouver British Columbia uh and I live in uh, Oakland California but I uh, grew up for a significant portion of my childhood in uh, Seattle Washington which is not far from British Columbia uh and so I do have some familiarity with like places in British Columbia uh, and and maybe more so even than the average Seattleite because I it went up there a lot and you know relationships and things like that but like i mean that's a random town in british Columbia. like that is a very small town uh on a river or on like a lake i guess um well i assume it's on a river because the arm salmon arm like arm of a oh right 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 so yes it's on it's on a river it's just like the only thing it's famous for is having the longest wooden wharf in north america well, that's pretty important. I mean, it's not not. I mean, I'd watch a news story. <laughs> okay. So that that's ends our ten minute digression about salmon arm British Columbia. My point about Google News. It's just really random that that was the place that you picked. Uh, or can I just name places? Squamish, British Columbia. Do you got any interesting crime stories? No, uh, nothing. No, no Squamish crime stories. You know, nothing. You really just you picked the best one. Huh. So Google News really. Uh, used to give you these tools to try and kind of say, you know what, 
I don't care about this kind of thing. Show me more of this kind of thing. Yeah. I don't care about Salmon Arm. Never show me stories about Salmon Arm. I don't care about... I mean, there's some things I could care about in Salmon Arm, but they would be very, like... They would be in international news, you know? Oh, okay. So it's more topic-oriented. It's like, I don't care about local news. Just don't show me local news. No, it is... It's a, I want local news of Vancouver. Oh. I don't care about crime almost ever. I only care about okay. crime if it's, like, systematic. Like, hey, murders in your city have gone up 10% this year, then it's like, that's interesting. But like a murder, which is horrible, but a murder occurred, it's like, well, that's going to happen sometimes. It's like, what is the trend? Like, what is the bigger picture? Right. Um, And then there's sometimes I do want macro things. Like if it's like, hey, they're going to build a new 30-story office tower across the street from your home. That's actually interesting, even though it's not rare. Like they build office towers all the time. But it's proximity. Yeah. Um, and so I was able to tune in and various things that I did care about and didn't care about. And I got the old Google news to that. And cause there's some topics that I like care about way more than if the bank of Canada has something to say, I find that fascinating. I find like economics and, and money policy interesting, but like most people don't. So I can say like, if there's the bank of Canada is in the news then show me that. Mm. Um, and so that was, that was working fine. And then they had an overhaul a couple months ago, which was basically like, yeah, all that stuff is completely reset. We've rewritten the whole thing. Now you have like an up vote and down vote, like a like and a dislike, like show me more or show me less of this story. Um, And there was no like customization, which is better from a UX. Like most people aren't going to go in and configure, okay, these are the sources I want and don't show me these sources and these are the topics and don't show me these topics. They're going to react to things, right? Yes. Although uh, it gets into a larger discussion about like what the role of these uh, aggregating engines or these AI engines should be like someone just says dislike this because I disagree with it or it makes me uncomfortable as opposed to dis- dislike this because I don't need to know this or I see it as as you know basically people's own ability to judge which news they should be shown is maybe you know not always as good as we would like it to be is that where you're getting at? kind of I think the more interesting point on the news issue is for me is that there was a time when uh, everyone in your area uh, was likely to see the same set of news, uh, some sort of Venn diagram of news. Like maybe people read a paper from someplace else for some reason, or maybe everyone, maybe they read the New York Times, maybe they didn't. But the local paper and the local news, like there, you know, there was kind of like an expectation that most people saw that. And that has its own downsides because it definitely uh, allows for a small uh, group of people or whatever to like control the opinion of a lot of people. Uh, so initially I think the idea with the internet was that like, oh, this is so great. Uh, people can break out and new voices can get in and we can hear different things. And there's so much less of a barrier because you don't have to own like a TV station or something like that, which is just not really very practical for most people, uh, or most viewpoints, especially minority viewpoints. But I think now what we have is that people, the, the, all of these systems, including the people themselves have gotten so good at, at, uh, putting themselves in a bubble that, that it kind of contributes to this thing where not only do we not have the same opinions as each other, we don't even have the same facts as each other. Uh, and we're seeing incredibly different viewpoints of the world. And if you, um, if you want to do like a thought experiment on yourself, uh, it's not a particularly fun one. Um, pick whatever it is you believe in, pick like the people who believe the opposite of that, go figure out where they are getting their news and just follow their news for like a week. And you will be, you will come out of that with a fundamental understanding of like how, or you might with a better understanding of like what that's doing to your brain, because you're just seeing things that, that, that reinforce whatever you believe all of the time. 
Yeah, absolutely. And definitely my my Twitter curation and Google News curation has made me at best like over aware of certain things like how does everyone not realize this is a problem it's right. like well because you customize your news to show you the problem over <laughs> and over again the problem you care about solving and no one else even knows it exists because it's not in the default view yeah um so like that's the best case scenario as opposed to you know the like okay hide anything that doesn't reinforce my biases right right um to so google news really <laughs> uh, on the new <laughs> version Wait, none of this really, is the point of this <laughs> none of this is the point of this although it's all fascinating okay um is that it started coming up and saying, oh, you're in Canada. Oh. You want to know about Toronto Raptors. That's right. Sorry. statistically, Canadians are in Toronto. It really wanted you to show you the Toronto Raptors. And, you know, Vancouver doesn't have a basketball team. It did many years back. It did. They um, were not very good. And they were not very good. And that's fine. Like, you know, but um, Toronto is a five hour flight from here, four or five hour flight from here. And I don't really need to know about the rumors that Deshante Jordan is maybe going to be traded. And then, oh, like there's the deadline coming for are they going to trade him? And it's like, oh, they didn't trade him. (laughs) Like (laughs) this is coming up. And every each time I'm telling it, like, which is the point I'm trying to make is like, it's not, (laughs) it's not, I'm really struggling to teach it because I'm like, don't show me this story about this trade rumor. And then it's like, oh, you don't care about Deshante Jordan? Okay. And so it's like other Raptors trade rumor or like Raptors GM controversy. It's like, this isn't even like uh, showing me the most notable, like there was this incredible play to watch. Like maybe sometimes I don't care about that. But this is just kind of like the behind the scenes inside baseball, <laughs> inside basketball of of this team and so i'm constantly downvoting it and what has started happening is it actually started banning local toronto news sources because it was interpreting (laughs) me saying oh i don't like the toronto newspaper which is like not really my point but okay fine and so it started it started to not show me that because it had like I could, there was like a list you can see of these are the news sources we've decided that you hate and it's like okay i guess i hate the toronto sun okay fine if that's going to make me not see these stories anymore um and then uh after like eventually convincing it that it it didn't want to i didn't want to see that anymore then it started showing me like i was talking about before about like people who died in various places like man brutally murdered in regina saskatchewan or just like somewhere in canada like people dying that not in ways that are like will teach us anything about society, but just like, yeah, statistically, some certain percentage of people will die. Like, yes, car accidents are terrible. We shouldn't be driving cars ourselves. Ideally, we're working on it. But like, and, and so it took me like another month to eventually convince it that I didn't want that. And now it's settled into Google News really, really, really wants to show me spoilers for Avengers 4. <laughs> every day and they're never good stories it's always just like jeremy renner seen outside this shooting location spy photos of jeremy renner uh, doing something (laughs) like okay well concept art for black panther reveals potential costume for avengers 4 yeah avengers 4 will come out eventually when might we hear a teaser trailer Here's some speculation. Well, now that I know that the that the aggregators are not helping you out, let me just start this by saying that the Raptors won tonight. Uh, they beat the Atlanta Hawks 124 to 108. I know you're very concerned, and you're because you're not getting. Thank your, you, because yeah, I've t- the whole point. <laughs> whole point is is that you don't get enough Toronto Raptors. News. I don't learn enough about the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> now, if the Toronto Raptors and the Vendors Force somehow had like a crossover, that, if that would be an amazing. 
then that would be interesting. And someone died. And someone died. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Jeremy Render died trying to... (laughs) So I I feel like this is one of those times where, yeah, the thumbs up, thumbs down thing seems better, but it's so... The the challenge with the thumbs up, thumbs down, of course, is that it doesn't know why you're thumbs downing something. Clearly. Right. And so, like... And and clearly, it's it's dramatically missing at least one axis for this Google News thing, where it's like, what were the topics? Like, and it just went, nope. He he doesn't like stuff from from the Toronto Sun, which is very funny. Uh, I mean, I guess you're probably the most informed person I know about Avengers Four, <laughs> and how there's basically nothing to say about it, but there people click on. Apparently, people click on it because there's all these news outlets that are just coming up through the woodwork with these like non-stories about avenger 4 concept art and avengers 4 teaser trailer teaser oh there's an event that may announce when the teaser trailer is going to drop yeah i mean every time i see even on sites that i like and follow i'll see stories sometimes where i'm just like wow you really just needed to have a story you were told to write about this topic even though there's nothing new about it there's nothing and so you just kind of like put took a a couple nuggets wrapped them up in a lot of explanatory explanatory text and just like put it out and it just is saying nothing uh nothing at all and it's it's uh yeah i mean it's it's hard out there i guess i mean i guess you know they're getting and the, and the worst part is they're probably interpreting your traffic as as that they're doing it well well i keep coming back to google news because i'm i had this previous relationship where it was showing me what i wanted and i'm still not over it yeah you need to break the habit do you have anything, do you have you used any, with any success, any of these various like curate news, subscribe to, th- I mean, I use RSS for certain category of thing, but at this point I basically just use RSS for everything. Uh, and, and the, the, the reason for that is really because I got to a point where I was very uncomfortable with the amount to which I was allowing strangers to decide what I was going to see. By which I mean, like, you know, the, I, I was using Apple News for a long time and I was using and for, honestly, the, the longest news single news source I had was Twitter. But uh, but the the function of a retweet is that that Alan likes someone and they like someone and then somehow something ends up in my feed and I don't want to follow that and I don't have any part of it. And it kind of I was trying to, like, decrease the amount of crazy, uh, loud political stuff I was seeing because it, it just like felt like. Every day people were shouting that this new thing was the most important thing in the world. And, and there was like a, a feeling like you have to read this thread or you are a bad person. And uh, and I just was like, why am I letting strangers make me feel bad for not reading their crazy nonsense? Like because it wasn't always, you know, like it wasn't news. Right. It was just like conspiracy theories about like how, uh, you know, I don't know, Steve Bannon was playing 75 dimension chess yeah i definitely overdosed on that not to get into band topic territory no me too and i don't i don't even want to talk about it but you know you 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 see stuff and you just have no i didn't i and i was not following political twitter and then suddenly everyone was following political twitter no matter who you were following because that's just how it was going it wasn't even that i didn't want to see it a lot of times i was clicking on it because i wanted to read it it's just like i realized at some point that i it was very influential on my moods and that i wasn't the one curating it to your point and so uh, I realized that news in particular is not something I want to let someone else do. And at the same time, I'm not going to, there, there's just a lot of stuff. So I'll kind of like you, I'll go seek it out if there's, if there's something going on that I've heard about or like, you know, around an election or things like that. And otherwise I kind of trust that my, 
a combination of like the people I do follow on Twitter because I basically just turned off for retweets and like the RSS I'm using and stuff like that that I can kind of like craft a, enough stuff to kind of be okay. The thing I struggle with RSS is that some of the topics that are non like non techy something like uh, monetary policy in Canada, there is not a huge series of super. Uh, or maybe there are, but I don't come across them as much uh, for some of the more uh, off the beaten path topics and less technical topics to have good RSS sources that are like low volume. I think you know what you have to do. I have to start a monetary policy. Yes, block clearly for Canadians. You have to. Although do I also this. care about U.S. monetary policy as well. Well, there you go. That's a broad appeal. You can really get something going now. You get a whole continent going. <laughs> exactly. You could be a get Mexico involved to be a North American monetary policy. The USMC. Blog. Yes, it's almost blog. like there. If only there was a great name for you. That's probably totally not taken. <laughs> <laughs> uh you heard it here first folks yeah let me so i want to change topics completely that's the kind of thing we do yeah well okay great uh so um i'm gonna i'm gonna abide by the format and say uh fun fact the urban planning of modern day paris hailed throughout the world as one of the most beautiful cities was in uh no small part created out of a fear of uh revolutionary popular action you know, there was been an, there was enough revolutionary popular sentiment in the history of Paris that that seems very plausible. Yeah. So so basically Paris up until like the 1850s, 1860s and really all the way up until like the 1930s almost was a very medieval city, very crowded, uh, very poor infrastructure, a lot of like sewage problems, things like that. And there were Wait, till the 1930s, 1930s. Yeah. The, the renovation of Paris started in the 1850s and didn't finish till 1927. Oh, okay. So, um, it was probably better in the twenties and stuff than it was in the, you know, the 1800s, but sewage is bad though. Like I haven't run a city other than in Sim city, but they don't like it when there's sewage <laughs> in the streets. Yeah. I don't know how long the sewage part took, but I know, especially in like 1848 era, it was very, very bad. Uh, and so, uh, but also from like 17, uh, you know, 1770s with the French revolution, uh, or, or I guess 1780s all the way until like the 1840s, there were just tons and tons and tons of, uh, revolutionary uprisings in Paris. Just, it was just constant after the French revolution of 18, whatever, there was another one in 1890, 1889, I think is the first one, then 1892 and then 1894 and then 1830 and 18, 28, like just constantly. In fact, in the last 25 years, uh, before 1848, there were nine uprisings. And, uh, one of the things that was pretty common to these uprisings is that, um, because the streets were so narrow and so crazy that they would, they would just barricade. So they would just like destroy whatever they could find and build these like barricades and they would go up overnight and suddenly there'd be, you know, the lame is thing. Like you have a wall made out of furniture and chairs and garbage. Exactly. And in fact, lame is the only reason that the the, the particular uprising that lame is is happening during was a pretty minor one. I think that's 1830 where it did really nothing really happened in that but because that play other than people build garbage barricades in the right streets. but uh, and because that play was set there we all still know about it even though otherwise it would probably be mostly relegated to like dusty you know history books and uh uh so it just it was constant yeah you'd create all these furniture walls and stuff like that and also the troops of the uh, government would just get like trapped in different parts of the city because they would go into an area and then the people would build barricades behind them 
and then like while they were marching to like separate them from some other unit and they would try to like turn around but then suddenly there'd be a barricade in that direction too they'd turn left barricade there turn right barricade there and so it was just uh, completely crazy and so when uh when napoleon the third came to power uh, initially uh, elected in a presidential election. Is this like this is like the the main Napoleon's like grandson. I believe that Napoleon the third was not his grandson. He was father was Louis bon- Bonaparte, the younger brother of Napoleon Bonaparte. So he would have been Napoleon's nephew, right? Okay, just clarifying that Napoleon the third is not like. He's not the Napoleon. He's not the good Napoleon. There's no good. There's he's one of the lesser Napoleons. There's not really a good Napoleon, but he's not the. Uh, there was a competent Napoleon. Napoleon. He's not. The, he's not the first Napoleon. So uh, he, he did. I mean, he he did lead the uh, the second uh, French Empire, which you know, good for him. But uh, he was the pres- the only president of the French Re- Second Republic, and then founded the Second French Empire. But he so he got elected president and was president for like four years or whatever. But during that time, he noticed. That uh, so the last uprising that happened in Paris really was in 1848. It was called the Paris Commune. It's a really interesting story, but not what I'm trying to talk about. And he wanted to do like a lot of like self like beautification of Paris anyway. Like he was trying to like fix the sewage problem, and he he was a big fan of London and Hyde Park and kind of these big boulevards in London. So he wanted that to happen in Paris. But one but they made a lot of choices based on those about those boulevards based on like where they were going and how wide they were based on like trying to prevent people from being revolutionary so they built it as wide as it would take to get a full cavalry company and cannons down the road huh. uh, like that's the exact width they wanted it to be and they built it so that they ran through the city from major parts to other major parts so that you would never get trapped away from things you could always get everywhere and they did it so like you know uh, uh it was too wide to build these like reasonable barricades and they set the houses back from the street they weren't kind of like on top of the street and they weren't in the middle of the street anymore um like they didn't do those like kind of like split things so that again you couldn't throw things down at people and you couldn't build these barricades so i I just you know find it funny that like the one of the most beautiful cities in the world was (laughs) at least partially that way because they didn't want the people to rise up and uh and since uh, 1848 there hasn't been another real revolution in paris because the garbage barricade would need to be so wide that they're like, you know what? Let's just keep this government. Yeah, exactly. Just we just don't have enough garbage. They had other reasons to get rid of governments. I think they're on the fifth French Republic right now. That's a lot of republics. But they were like beta testing this whole concept of like having a modern democracy. <laughs> they were, well, they they got in in their defense. They got interrupted by some pretty you know crazy. I mean, I think the 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 third republic ends with World War Two, right? So I think that's that seems reasonable. Yeah, that was a little disruptive. <laughs> it was a little disruptive. The fourth to the fifth one was kind of more arbitrary. Yeah, I don't know. I guess just keep going until you get it right, right? Yeah, you know, try, try again. Try, exactly. <laughs> Have you been to Paris? Uh, when I was a kid, but I didn't, like, I was 13. Uh, but I, my grandma, who was actually was there with me, she got sick when I was there, so I don't really remember much of it. Like, I, and I definitely didn't get... Like it's on my hit list of uh, places to visit in the next few years because I didn't get the full experience and, you know, couldn't have the wine and, and, and just go to a cafe and like no wine, no coffee. Like, yeah. I mean, why are you even in Paris? Why am I in Paris? What am I doing? (laughs) Well, when you go now for, we're going to say the first time uh, you can, as you walk down the Champs-Élysées and some of these other things and you go into these big parks and stuff, you can think, Thank you, Napoleon III, for not wanting to be overthrown. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a unfortunate thing about governments that they will tend to want to keep existing 
<laughs> and and the ones that successfully keep existing tend to be the ones we have. Yeah, that is very true. Not that you know we shouldn't have government, but you know when well. governments are making decisions simply because, well, you know if if we made this objectively good improvement, then we would get voted out because it would be more democratic, and therefore we don't want to do this. Yeah, I mean, I think the the uh, there is definitely a common thread of people being uh, leaders being terrified of the people. In British Columbia, we have a proportional uh, representation referendum going on right now. Um, right. So you're having a referendum to decide if you want to have proportional representation or if you don't want to have proportional representation. If we want it. We don't yet have it. What What do you have now? Uh, first pass of the post, which is the system that you can do when you have no computers or technology or any modern systems. So it's there. Huh. It elects people, typically giving them lots of power regardless of how many votes they got more or less. Um, yeah. So we have like just kind of this, the, the old school electoral system that most places uh, have historically had. And so we have a popular support, like the majority of British Columbians support it. And anytime there's a government, so and this is the thing that is really trouble with electoral reform in a democracy is that normally the government in power doesn't want to change the electoral system because that's what got them in power right. so it's hard to change it that's how they won it's a problem and so the only time you will get a push for electoral reform is if a government barely wins power and they're like man this is nice normally we lose because of the current system let's change the system so that it's better for us which is still also a bad yeah like thing to be changing the system under but in this case it's moving towards proportional representation which most people agree is more fair and so um the there's like a long history in bc or not super long but for the last 20 years there's been multiple rounds of weird electoral results where like there was one i think in 2001 in the last 20 years anyway where uh the government that won control had less popular vote and both the first place and the second place parties both had less than 45 percent. so it was like 41 percent went to one party and 39 percent went to the other and the 39 percent party had almost all of the power like at least they had majority government and that's just even the party that was like oh, this isn't the right system like this is kind of a weird outcome and now we currently have uh and then i think the next election they had one where a party won like 52 percent of the vote and they got almost 100 percent of the seats there's like two opposition seats so they had like 90 something percent of the seats which is like also a ridiculous outcome and then now right now we have a split where the two normal parties that are in control have almost even and then there's like two seats that the green party has that like are the flip seats basically that decide everything. So it's like there's been enough weird election results that there's general sense like, oh, okay, maybe we need a better system, but um, actually getting it through is hard because of the reasons that you will generally not vote for a system that will make your party not win. But if, you know, uh, if the system needs change, then it just tends to stick. But we're having a referendum. We're mailing in our ballots. Hopefully this is the time and then we'll get... Something that uh, gives people power based on votes, you know, like a uh, democratic style. Well, so how does that work? Uh, like, so if right now, I guess it's divided up into some kind of subgroupings. For the, you're talking about for the BC parliament, right? Yeah. And this is pretty much the same as most systems. And to some, I mean, the US has the most 
ridiculous system like, we will be getting layers into that, of, yes but we'll get into that in one point but the 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 system in in bc is pretty similar in that you have ridings uh which i guess are districts in america which is like okay these areas and each area ha- has a vote and then the person with the most votes in that area becomes the representative of that area and then you send each area sends a representative to the central government and then the central government votes and so it which is like this similar system in the states except we have more than two parties and so you end up these cases where there's you know sometimes 30 something or even occasionally 20 something percent of the vote is the highest vote getter and that's the person that represents the whole district and everyone else has no power basically ah okay so that's what i was trying to understand so so in each of the districts you are all of the parties might be competing and then but only one person from that district actually gets to go to parliament so that's whoever won even if they win where they yes like you said no one gets close to a, a majority of the vote yeah. so a proportional system would that increase the number of seats in the parliament no it doesn't need to all you well there's a various different ways of doing it and the way they're doing the referendum this time is two questions one is should we have proportional representation and the other is rank how good you think these three systems are um, as ways of doing it. Um, but there's lots of different ways that you can do it. And like Germany has one system and New Zealand has another system and uh, Ireland has another system for doing proportional um, representation. And one of um, the systems that we have here is STV, which is, or on the ballot rather, is STV, um, which is allows you to also rank your candidates, which I'm very fond of n- being able to say, um, you know what, like this is the problem with like the spoilers, right? Like if some somebody is the you know third most popular candidate then it kind of never makes sense to vote for them but then some people will anyway and then you get like this like nader trader problem of like okay one percent of people are voting for ralph nader and they're ruining it for everyone and whereas if they could rank and they could say okay well i would prefer to have a green party or a um you know one of the less mainstream parties but you know when push comes to shove i would rather have this relatively mainstream party in power rather than you know especially when we have the potential for some extreme parties to pop up where it's like okay there's the nazi party it's like okay well i will rank every single other party in in above them um and so you don't have as much danger of like strategic voting potentially giving power to um the people that you, the voters would really like by far the majority of voters would really really not want that party um so i like the ranking part and then also there's the the way that you divide the the seats depends on the system, but a common thing is you'll have like a bit larger, larger riding. So instead of it just being like a neighborhood, it's like, you know, maybe closer to the size of a city and there's maybe four representatives, representatives get sent from that city and it'll be basically proportional to, um, there's a few different systems for allocating, but it'll be proportional to the votes overall in the city and the, and then the, the province. Hmm. Seems like that could have other problems as well, but I suppose no system's perfect. It will definitely have other problems. Um, <laughs> And that's, you know, thing with systems. There's various things like, you know, what if what if the person that is being sent to parliament doesn't feel as much of an obligation to their writing because the writing is so large that it's like, okay, well, I guess I support this like entire giant area, but it's such a large number of people that I don't feel as directly, you know, I can't go door to door and actually meet every person in my writing anymore, uh, which is hard, but maybe possible with the current thing. And, you know, some of the systems allow the parties 
to be involved in the process of picking who gets filled in for those proportional uh, seats to balance it out so that everyone has like the appropriate percentage of power. And it's like, do you want the parties to have that much power? And then, you know, there's and, and another problem that will is kind of an accepted problem in proportional representation is that you're more likely to have a minority government where no party has more than 50% of the seats. So the parties have to work together. And then if they don't work together, then that means not as much gets done. Um, so uh, there's definitely problems, but I I think most, I mean, my personal opinion and the majority of people in these countries that are voting for proportional systems think that those problems are less bad than the one party got 47% of the vote and now they completely control all the decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, keep us, keep us up to date, please. Yeah. You should try it down there. (laughs) Indeed. But for now we'll just live vicariously through our, uh, through our, our glorious neighbors to the North. One of the big proponents for it um, is a friend of mine is Irish and they have a system there. And so, and he's like very pro proportional representation. It was always a good sign when somebody's actually in it. Yeah, it's true. It's like uh, to bring it back to sports. Cause I know how much you love sports. Uh, it's like when your team trades for someone and the people who are fans of the team that they're coming from are like really sad that they're leaving and like happy for you that you're, that they're coming to your team is uh, much better than if they're like, oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> Have fun with that. You're like, you don't feel as good about the situation. Uh, I'm not sure how it's like that, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly like that. It is exactly like that. He's lived in this system in Ireland, and he's like happy it might come. Uh, to- yes, see? Yes, yes. It is like that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Whose turn is it for a fun fact? I think it's yours. I think that was still me talking about, about the way that Paris was designed. I, I love urban planning. I don't know if that's a thing you like, but I, I find it I also love urban planning. Cool. All right. Well, then more urban planning facts to come. Yeah. I don't know if I... Well, I have one that's kind of urban planning. Uh, I was in Seattle, which I know you grew up in yes. or lived in. Um, I was in Seattle at a tech conference uh, that I was emceeing, and downtown Seattle... Uh, is changing very rapidly on account of Amazon, which is everyone's favorite uh, company to discuss the real estate plays of <laughs> right now. Um, but uh, I hadn't realized the scale of it. Like they basically have bought like, I don't know, nine city blocks and it basically yeah. just bulldoze it all. And they're like, okay, Amazon Towers uh, in the middle of a downtown, which, you know, I'm down for as far as, you know, building uh, headquarters in downtown and in dense walkable areas instead of uh, the Silicon Valley style of like all these low slung buildings that you have to drive to in the middle of nowhere and then no one can live near work and there's all sorts of bad consequences. So um, I like that in, in theory, but it feels like this weird sort of like a little bit Las Vegas fake like everything is is new it doesn't feel totally it doesn't really feel organic and like they have these weird balls it's strange yeah yeah the balls are especially strange they're kind of cool these are like these kind of i don't know if they're geodesic i don't know what makes something geodesic i do know what and we will be learning about that at some point are they geodesic Uh, i don't remember oh yeah no they totally are geodesic domes uh there are geodesic domes uh one of the amazon headquarters buildings uh that have like a bunch of greenery in them and stuff which is you know very interesting you know much more appealing to have the streetscape have different stuff rather than it just being copy paste um towers um, but it just, they really stick out as like, these were obviously very expensive to build and they're obviously not the most efficient way to build this, but it's like making a statement about looking cool or being cool or different or modern or something. I also got to use the Amazon store where you just kind of walk in and steal stuff. Yeah, that I want to talk about. But before we do, I would just say that the Amazon biosphere domes would be far less, uh, um, upsetting to 
residents of Seattle if they weren't only for Amazon employees. Yeah, I was a little bummed about that because I was on Yelp and it's like, where's the good coffee shop? And it's like, oh, inside the spheres. I'm like, great. And so I go in and they're like, yeah, it's only for Amazon employees. But there's so many Amazon employees that just don't even think about the fact that it's like you can only get to this coffee shop from inside the employee only area that it's like, yeah, four and a half stars on on Yelp. Check out this coffee shop. It's great. As opposed to like, you know, ignore this. It's just an employee cafeteria, basically. It's just a, it's just a very weird looking employee cafeteria. But yeah, so you went to the store where you walk in and you just take stuff and then they magically charge you. Yeah. So they call this Amazon go. Um, and in like true Amazon style, it's like, what is the most efficient way we can get you stuff? And then not interact with you anymore so you go in and you install you initially you install an app uh and there's and then you just scan the, the app as you go through the turnstile and it works rapidly um and then it's like a little convenience store and you just take stuff um and it's in the app when you first install it, it's like oh you can look at stuff and put it back we'll keep track and like uh you know we'll just only charge you for what you take and i'm like that doesn't I don't know. Okay. I, I've written software before. That sounds hard. Um, and so I was kind of trolling it a little bit, like picking up some of the very items and looking at them and like holding two items at once and, uh, and stuff like that. And it totally actually just worked. Like I picked up a couple of things and, uh, like a snack and a drink and, and, uh, walked out of the store and then it gave me a push notification saying actually something kind of also weirdly Amazon-y, which is, uh, congratulations, your shopping trip took 44 seconds. (laughs) Wait, really? So you trolled it and we're out in 44 seconds? That's pretty quick. Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, I felt a little kind of self-conscious just standing there like picking stuff up and putting it down. Like it's this really small store Mm. um, and there's no, there's nothing to do other than just take the stuff that you want and it's right there so how does it work do you have to scan it with the app or do you just have the app in your pocket uh so you take that when you step into the store there's a turnstile okay and you buzz it with the app you buzz the turnstile with the app and walk through the turnstile and then you take whatever you want and then you walk through the turnstile you don't have to do any more buzzing or anything and then it takes a little bit of time i'm actually not entirely convinced that a human doesn't do a bit of checking because it took a little while before i got the push notification but it was like oh hey you bought some stuff um and then if you want to double check what you're charged for click here and then if anything was it wrong then just swipe in and ask for a refund and we don't think that they just tag everything they have in the store and then and then beep it when you leave with it no i don't think it's that huh because uh, I, I believe it, it said that you can see your virtual cart like you can see your in progress when you're in the store i don't know if that's oh, okay so they really are computer visioning whatever you're holding I'm not 100 sure you can feel it, but yeah, supposedly it's not like it didn't. I, I it didn't look like the can of Coke was just a can of Coke. It was like a cherry Coke because you know. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. disturbing. Yeah, it is kind of disturbing, but it's like that many cameras. <laughs> a little black mirror-y. It's a little black mirror. I mean, I'm sure like then the problems arise, you know, but uh, they didn't do any retinal scans as far as, <laughs> as I far know. As you and, know. And and say, why don't you try Pepsi instead? <laughs> Have you tried Pepsi? We know that you don't like the Toronto Raptors. Therefore, yeah, exactly. like, that's going to be the really creepy one. It's going to be like, we we here here's a book about murder and seminar. And you're going to be like, what yeah. the heck? The, I just, what? Like, Leave me alone. Yeah. Just like when you see, you know, you, you put something in your Amazon shopping cart one day and then you get like Instagram ads for it for the next six months. 
Oh my God! There's a Google <laughs> ad that I'm trying. Uh, okay, okay. So sorry for the Google, tr- trigger warning for Apple. Google. I assume it's Google because it's everywhere on the internet, and I know Google has like the majority of ads on the internet. Yeah. Um, there is a ad that r- shows up everywhere on all of my computers that I see it at least once a day, and is one of these companies that does like print on. I think it's print on demand, but it's just like very. Uh, strangely printed hoodies and shirts that try to catch your attention. And Instagram has a lot of these ads, which mm. is what made me think of it. Um, and the photo is a very hairy chest. <laughs> okay. Like, just... Like, very, like, like aggressively hairy. Aggressively, like, not to the point that it's like this person has a... <laughs> You know, that should be concerned to see a doctor. It's just like, you know, outlier amount of hair. Sure. You know, and it's a, a naked chest right and it is on a hoodie but like it's so photorealistic because i'm not convinced this is a photo of the actual hoodie i think it's just a photoshop of like concept art of this gross hoodie but it's it's on every website everywhere i go (laughs) and every time i see it i click stop showing me this and then it's like oh and then there's a button that says like report this ad and so i try to report the ad with the first few times i just said stop and it's not stopping what would you report it for being upsetting to you I was trying various creative things like, oh, nudity. Well, (laughs) it's nude, right? Or like, this is offensive. And like, I'm kind of offended by it. And so trying different things to report it. Um, And then like sometimes like is really hard because it's the form for reporting the ad has things like, a screenshot of the ad. It's like, well, I already clicked the don't show me this ad thing. So the ad is gone, but... It'll be back, so I guess oh. I could leave this open in a tab. Wait, whoa, 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 they expect you to have taken a screenshot? I would never think to do that. The form for banning an ad or, like, getting it in trouble is very much seems like we don't want this Yeah, please don't feedback. fill this out. Yeah, unless, like, if I click, like, this is a copyright violation or... Oh, yeah, then uh, they love it. Like, underage, illegal. Yeah. Like, there's certain things where it gets expedited, yeah. but they're just, like, I find this unpleasant. They're like, yeah, well... They're like, cool, they paid us. Yeah. What are you, you going to do? We, we don't care. Why don't you build your own photo sharing service? Fill, fill, fill out this 20-field form. Yeah. I bet you could build it in a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How could it take more than two weeks to build this app? How could it make take, might take more than two weeks? Yeah, impossible. Um, This is plaguing me. I'm sorry. I hope it goes away and soon. This is um, on the theme. This is the theme of the show. Google... Showing me things I don't want and not listening to me when I tell them to stop. Yeah, 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 And not even in this case giving you that thumbs down. Well, there's like the there's the X button, which like stop showing me this, but they're ignoring it. I know, but that clearly they're ignoring that. So Yeah, but they're ignoring the one about the Toronto Raptors and the people dying in Salmon, salmon Arm too. I mean, I kind of. They're ignoring it in like a dumb way. And Avengers Four. <laughs> you love it. I mean, I think if there's one thing we all know about you is that you are obsessed with Avengers Four. The thing that bothers me is that I think the Avengers 4 must have come out of me clicking on something or somehow expressing my interest. Because, like, I do want to see Avengers 4 and I care about it, but I don't want spoilers. <laughs> Stop showing me potential things about what's going to be in it. Yeah. I don't think it's going to. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that, that any of those things are going to be real. I mean, they went to, like, extreme lengths with Avengers 3 to, like, like they put, like, even the trailer was fake. 
the trailer was fake? Yeah, I think I didn't watch the trailer, but I was told that like n- almost nothing in the trailer is actually in the movie. Hmm. That would be a good way to keep things secret. And the trailer is just like, you know, totally different. It's just a My Little Pony friendship is magic. <laughs> well, I don't I think they made it seem like it could be Avengers. <laughs> I just think they did. Right. There's like various joke superheroes appear. Pants Man. <laughs> Everyone's slightly off. He's going to rescue the Avengers. It, it's like uh, a different Norse god, not Thor or Loki. Yeah, an off-brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like someone we've we've never heard of, but actually is a Norse god. Joel, no. Speaking of gods, uh, here's a fun fact for you: the uh, months of the year don't make any sense, but they used to. Yeah, isn't it like uh, like the various Roman or Greek gods, like each god a month? Kind of. So this is the thing. And then like Caesar gets one because, you know, he's cool. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Have it, has it ever seemed odd to you that uh, that October, which begins with oct for eight, is the 10th month of the year? Yeah, that seems like a bit of a, a legacy feature. Yeah. And September is the right the seventh, uh, ninth. And, and no, November mm. is the 10th. Mm. Like nothing is really lining mm. up here. <laughs> it seems like they've added a couple of months into the sequence. Yeah, there's, there's some issues here. So, uh, so I, 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 I've always been really curious about this. It just kind of didn't make any sense. And what I, what I learned was that there, there are sort of, there's like a, as you might expect, there's like a progression of things here, but like, there's some interesting pieces to this that I think are, well, I I think they're interesting, I guess. We'll see how you feel. Uh, So I'm sure you're familiar with the idea that with the, with the fact that the calendar we use is the Gregorian calendar, right? Yes. I see that. You've seen that name before. Yeah. When, when I have the, some code like, Oh, this, this, uh, lets you change the calendar for something other than gregorian i'm like oh cool cool i'm gonna go ahead and not do that yeah, well we i would like to talk about that another time too but that's not what we're talking about right now gregorian calendar is named after pope gregory and he sponsored or maybe even himself did so the work to like s- s- fix some issues with the calendar but before that for most of the time that calendar has been around it, it was called the julian calendar and uh julian refers to julius caesar who reorganized the calendar at some point pretty early on the Roman calendar. So the the thing is basically the the short the 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 direct line is that we're all using the Roman calendar, which is why all of the month names are in some form of Latin. Uh sure. and most of the months uh, are in fact as you said named after uh gods or whatever, but the original Roman month, the original Roman calendar that we started with was only 10 months long. Which sounds like a pretty good number of things to have. Yeah. Rome was a very decimal-based society, and so they had 10 months, and they divided them up into uh, either days of either 30 or 31, and they had, like, a total calendar of, I think, like, 304 days. And then, of course, that that's not enough days. And so there were, like, 50 other days that were not part of any month. They were just considered to be winter. What? Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's 10 months and then just... And just 50 days of winter. So, 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 uh, the months were, so, so then the next, so that's the first interesting thing. And then the next thing is that only the first four months of the year at that time, which started with the month of March were named after particular people and they were named after gods. So March was named after the Mars and, and May was named after Maya and June was named after Juno, all these originally Greek and then Roman gods and goddesses. Okay, but then there was a tradition among Roman naming systems like back in the day, you know, farming agricultural societies, you'd have like a lot, a lot of kids. And the way that Roman society worked was that for the first four kids you had, 
and I think it was originally maybe just sons, but in general, the first four you had, you gave specific names to. And then after that, you would just start naming them after the number of kid they were. So, oh no. Yeah. So the fifth kid would be Quintus, which means fifth. Oh no. <laughs> and then you'd get Sixtus and Septimus and then Octavius. Uh, you just, <laughs> just, it's too much work. Yeah. There's like, uh, we're out of grandparents. Alan Jr., of, Annual Jr., Jr. Yeah. Like, you're just going to keep, you know, it's like George Foreman where all of his kids are some yeah. version of that. So, so the months at that point were, so the, the seventh month at that point was, was September. The, the fifth month was Quintilis which means the fifth month and the sixth month was sextilis. And then October was in fact the eighth month, November, the ninth month, December, the 10th month. So at that point it kind of made sense. Then the next thing that happened was that they decided that they needed more months, which they did. They're having a bit of a, which they did. Right. Winter was getting a little warm. (laughs) Yeah. So they added two months in the winter called January and February, also named after gods and goddesses, which then, but then they just, that just pushed everything. But they put them at the beginning? They put them at the they beginning. They could have just put them at the end. They put them at the beginning of the calendar. The same, they would have had the same effect if they put them at the end. And then the numbers would be fine. Right. And then just didn't rename 5 through 10. And so then suddenly 5 through 10 referred to 7 through 11, or through 12, which is like, just hilarious. And then you ask yourself, okay, but I we don't I don't remember Quintilis or Sextilis. What happened with those? July and August for Julius and Augustus. And then like, wait a minute. Once we have 12 emperors, we're going to wrap around and we're going to have a bit of a conflict. Well, a bunch of emperors tried to, to rename months and just most of them didn't stick. Sure. People are just <laughs> like, you know what? The first two... I mean, Julius, he's pretty, you know, pretty big impact, but Caligulember. No, so the, the, but that, that did happen. Like, the, the, <laughs> no. didn't, like the, <laughs> all these different people did, in fact, do that, tried to rename where people were like, yeah, that's just name it after me or let's name it after my buddy or let's name it after whoever. And it's just like, for whatever reason, I guess a lot of them were kind of dumb, like, you know, not popular names. And so it didn't, it didn't stick. Caligula just doesn't really roll. Well, off well, specifically, Caligula did try to rename a month. He renamed September to Germanicus, which was his father's name. Hmm. But Nero did rename a month after himself. Nero renamed April Neronius. Yeah, <laughs> Dom- that's good. Domitian changed changed a couple months. Commodus changed some months. Actually, Commodus Commodus changed all twelve months to be names of himself. <laughs> which which guy is this uh, the emperor commodus he was uh he's also not a not, not, not the not a team player it sounds like well his dad was was marcus aurelius who was like one of the greatest emperors in roman history like the stoic emperor but yeah he was he was kind of whatever but he named all the months so we could be living right now in a world where all the months were amazonius invictus felix pius lucius alias aurelius commodus augustus hercules Romanus and expiratorius. That's when you. That's when you sneeze <laughs> or a cough. So it just we like kept going and like going. I'm somebody going. who I'm somebody who feels would feel deeply uncomfortable naming my own company after <laughs> myself. Like people will have like Pike Co. and I'm like, Ugh, like that's so yeah, it's so self centered. I wouldn't feel to, I wouldn't feel comfortable naming the company that I personally, you know, made after myself whereas you know going and be like you know what i i think i'm going to name the first month of the year that this month that has existed in the calendar for however long um and all you know also all of the other ones after me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. charlemagne had more luck he renamed all the months into german and it lasted for like 700 years 
<laughs> that's is, pretty good. That's, I that's feel like good. if you do something that lasts 700 years, then you pretty much won, even if it you know eventually goes back. But like, yeah, what what that's pretty, pretty long. What time. month were you born in? I'm I'm August. Okay, wait, let's see. So August would have been like June, July, August. You would have been Aranmanoth. Aranmanoth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I would have been born in Wintarmanoth. Well, if winter uh, and then winter month, yeah, winter month. That sounds so bad. Aranmanoth means reaping month. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's not so bad. Yeah, all right. So there you go. I think we we what we've learned here is that we should go back to the naming from Charlemagne. Yeah, he kind of had to figure out. We also need to learn German, or at least I do. I I do speak. I think that's not a problem for you. It's not as much of a problem for me, no. But yeah, so so there you go. I just thought that was crazy. And now we know that basically if they had just, to your point, to your prescient point, if they had just put those months at the end of the year, it would the numbers would have been still good. The numbers would have been still good. Yeah. We could change it now, you know, because it's so easy to just uh, we <laughs> get everyone on board with changing date and time systems. I I really, I, I just like the idea. I think we should both try to have, well, you've got one kid. We should both try to have at least five kids so we could just go to numbering. Yeah. I mean, we could just start with two. <laughs> so just at that two, just name them, name them two. Deuce. Or or second or deuce. I had a friend in college who went by deuce. Oh, great. Yeah. Deuce. <laughs>